Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better ahead of the weekend on ITV on Saturday. We've got jump racing, we've got flat racing and we've got a good level of both to get stuck into. As a result, we've dropped Kevin Blake because he was so crap in the naps table all last season. We just decided this show no longer needs him. He didn't tip a single winning nap all season long and I'm only allowed to call him out on that because I'm in the same boat with him. Instead... We've got Tony Calvin and Dan Barber, who have just been in rip-roaring form on the tipping front on Racing Only Better. Dan, you won the tip, the Naps table. I mean, do you want to gloat about it now, or do you want to save that to do it subtly later? No, no, I, I, I'm no gloater. I'll continue as normal. Somebody's come in behind you, so we'll say hello to them. Hello, hello Dan's mum. Good to know that you're making an appearance. Uh, TC, you've been in terrific form. You had an excellent entry. How are you feeling ahead of this weekend? Have you got some strong opinions for us? Um, yeah, yeah. I've got about four or five bets I've had already. So, yeah, I'm happy to pass those on. Love it. Well, that's what you're here for. Let's get stuck straight in with a bit of TC Weather Watch before we go any further. Obviously, we're up at air for their big meeting on Saturday. But of course, we've got that good flat action at Newbury. And it's probably as crucial in both places that we need to know not only what the weather is, but the watering situation as well, TC. So please take it away, sir. Right. Yeah. The um, So the weather forecast is as follows. It's good to soft, good in places at air. It's it looks to be dry from here on in. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. So they're watering to maintain there. So it's going to be decent ground. Um, and at Newbury, it's soft, good to soft in places. Uh, dry on Thursday and Saturday by the looks of it. But they've got about five mil coming in on Friday. So I'm working on the basis of pretty much good ground at air and soft ground at Newbury. OK, well, let's kick straight on then with Air and the jumps card up there. We will kick off with the 115 over the two miles. It's the handicap chase. And Fred Arm is currently the nine to four market leader after that near miss at Ascot latest. Pay the Piper being such a good servant for the Anne Hamilton Yard, 11 to two. Return ticket in there. It's one here before at 11 to two. Hasanki at six to one. Am I right in saying he's the newer favour or you've tipped him up, TC? Uh, he, did, he did sneak into fourth at Aintree, so I got some each way money back. But yeah, yeah I, I, I put him the week. I put him a couple of weeks earlier, didn't I? When he didn't run, he was not running somewhere. I knew that the name the name had been bashed around on this show a little bit. It's so. the Count Hazanki, that's what we called it. <laughs> <laughs> so go on then, TC. Um, is this one of the view? Is this one of the races? Sorry, that you have a decent enough view on. Yeah, I've had a. I've had a rare bet at five to two on Freya Darm. He is actually eleven Ooh. to four in the marketplace and nine to four with a sportsbook. I think the nine to four will maybe come under pressure as well. I mean, I looked at this race uh, and he just stood out, stood out like a mile. I mean, I don't normally play at these kind of prices, but he's got everything in his favour. He's he, he's a six year old uh, coming here off the back of a good second at Ascot last time to a next time out winner. Um, he's off the same mark here. Uh, that Ascot run was his first run since beating a certain Orkin Risk um, in November. So if he's if he's coming on from the Ascot run, his first run after a while, uh, with a first-time tongue-tarn as well, uh, at a meeting that Skelton does well at, well, he does tend to do well at every meeting, actually. Uh, yeah, I think he's an actual standout here. Um, wow. The, the rest rule, 
you know, you know, pretty much a pretty much of a um, a rum bunch to be honest with you. But uh, you know, he just stands out as a coming force as a six-year-old, well handicapped with more to come after after a run, a good run after a break last time. Yeah, uh, Freya Darm confident selection. Wow. Okay, I rarely hear you that confident about a horse at this sort of price. So over to you, Dan. Are you sharing TC's confidence, or is there something else in the market that at least represents some value against him? Uh, both of those, because I do think Fred Dam is the most interesting horse in the race. As Tony says, age, profile, the way he's progressed, the strength of that all can risk a form. But I I do think I'd rather have Harry riding him, who got an injury earlier in the week. And why the tongue strap? That's the only negative I have. I mean, he missed four months, didn't see his race out that strongly at Ascot, and... They now reach for a tongue strap. I think on the face, it probably just needed the run. It's probably neither here nor there. But when he was that much clear of the rest in terms of the betting, I was happy to oppose him. I'm opposing him with Pay the Piper. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how both Pay the Piper and Hassan Key ran in the red room last week. And the first thought in my head for both of them was for this race. And both happened to turn up here, here him, him and Hassan Key. Both shaped perfectly well, but the... The rattle that Pay the Piper finished with was the thing that caught my eye most. I think he was just unsettled in a, a much bigger field than he tackled before over fences. And I think that caught him out slightly. But the way he came home strongly suggested that he's still at the top of his game. And that head-to-head he had with Calico was made to look a bit better over Ainge as well. Because Calico actually kept John Bond fairly honest for a fair bit of the home straight Um in the the Saturday novice chase at that track. So uh, Pay the Piper, I thought, was um, more appealing than Hassan Key. The similar prices, but I'd just like to pay the Piper that bit more. Okay, yeah, 11-2 to two currently with Betfair on the Sportsbook. Before we go any further, do not forget, guys, bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples on Saturday with Betfair Sportsbook. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples, get a free £10 bet on racing multiples, but please do read the show's description for the T's and C's of that offer. That is an absolute must. Um, let's roll on to the 150 there. This is the Novices Champion Handicap Chase. And City Chief is the first of four good runners on the card for the Nicky Henderson Yards coming up from Lambourne. He's the two to one favourite, taking on the likes of Oscar Elite for the Joe Tizard Yard at nine to two. Sailor Whaley in there at five to one. Where it all began for Gordon Elliott over from Ireland, 11 to two. Um, but Dan, did you think that this was going to be a good day at the office for City Chief on the hat trick bid? Uh, yeah, it probably could be a good day at the office, but I don't think three miles on drying ground is as ideal for this horse. Um, I think he's a real stayer city chief. I have done since he first went chasing. The Towton was won through stamina. The Hereford race was definitely won through stamina. Um, I like the angle of him having had a break, but I thought he might be a national hunt chase horse. So I'm going to have to oppose him um, a flat three miles. This had been my weakest view of the week just because of the nature of the horse, but... Oscar Elite would be my viable alternative because, yeah, whether the Reynolds Town's worth as much as it normally is is obviously a moot point because only three ran. But he sprinted away from Bold Endeavour in the end. And I thought he ran a massive race at Cheltenham to say, yeah, they went a strong pace. Corrett Rambler won that ultimate, and it's, but he's mustered form, obviously. Uh, but he ended up 
ridiculously far back. After, after the second or third, he was basically detached. And the move he made to get into it right round the outside was eye-catching. That was that was a run to me that suggests he's still a force off marks in the 130s and possibly even low 140s. So I thought he might just have a bit more toe for, than City Chief if it came down to a head-to-head. Okay, Oscar Elite at nine to two. And was that a gruntle there, TC, of agreement or dismay? Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, (laughs) It's normally dismay, but it wasn't in this case. Um, No, I I thought City Chief was easily the most likely winner, but I'm not enamoured by two to one. But I'm not going to put people off. I mean, I mean... I do think he's got an outstanding chance. I mean, there is one negative of what I'll come on to. I mean, uh, like Fred Arms, he's a six-year-old. He's improving. I think a mark of 142 underplays him. Uh, he's a course winner. Um, I think he's got a load going for him. He's a fresh horse. But therein, therein lies my a nagging doubt. I couldn't get out of um, them why they he, he has come in here a fresh horse. Because as Dan said, he hasn't run since February, since he won at Weatherby. And he was in at Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can understand why he didn't run at Cheltenham because the owner had Gayard and Neil for the National Hunt Chase. He was also in at Aintree um, in a couple of races, I think, uh, and he didn't turn up there. And it just seems a bit odd that he missed those two festivals to come to air for a for a handicap chase. Um, so I don't know whether he's had a problem. But what I do know is if he, if he comes here in the same form as at Weatherby, uh, and I think he's got loads more to give, uh, then I think 142 does seriously underplay him. But the doubt about the absence and the reason for the absence means that I'm not going to have a bet. OK, no bet. Should we move on then with UTC to the Scottish champion hurdle over, of course, the two miles? Um, it's a limited handicap and Colonel Mustard is your five to one favourite currently in a wide open event, as you would expect, really, with these sort of horses. Soaring Glory in there at fives. Looks like he's been backed in recent times. Luda Sudden there at sixes. Rubo for the Paul Nichols team at sixes. And then, you know, further down, you've got likes of the Mean Lion for the Kerry Lee team, who's been such a good horse this season for them at eights. But also First Street, who's been such a disappointment for me for the Nicky Henderson yard this season. But could this be his sort of race, TC, or am I just clutching at straws now with First Street? No, you can do. Obviously, he didn't run that badly in the county hurdle, and they dropped him £2 for that. And obviously, he had his win done when disappointing previously. And, you know, he, he did win a Jerry Fielding. So I don't think he's a total write-off this season, but like you said, it's a really deep race this. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but you can make a case for all 12 of their their prices. Uh, The Sportsbook are playing four places here, and uh, in John McConnell we trust. So I am am, I backed uh, Anna Benina, um, and I think she's still a fair price at eight four place with the Sportsbook. The reason being is because obviously she's got a lot of history of this race, second in 2021, won it last year. Now, she is a lot higher, but she deserves it. And go back and have a look at her run in the county hurdle last time on a, a track I don't think she excels at because uh, she's quite a pace individual. And the county hurdle was on a soft ground. Again, I don't think that's ideal going. And she was racing towards the centre of the track when all the all the finishers were of place horses and the winner was down the nearest side. So I think she was she ran pretty well there to be beaten just seven lengths. Return to this track will suit. I think return to better ground will suit. 
Uh, ben, like I said, eased a little bit from Cheltenham. And Ben Harvey, um, who obviously did me a favour at uh, Aintree, um, he was uh, he claims five. So I think she's quite solid uh, back on back on this easier track. So yeah, Anna Benina each way, eight to the sports book, four places is a solid enough bet, but it is a deep race. I wouldn't be going mad on the stakes front in this because, like I said, I don't think you can rule that many if if one. For your man, John McConnell. God, he's got some mentions on these racing only betters, that man, John McConnell. Um, over he's to delivering. you. Dan. He keeps delivering the boy. He does. Mm. He does indeed. Um, over to you, Dan. Who do you fancy in this deep contest? Uh, I think it's the right favourite. I think you look at Colonel Mustard's two runs in handicaps and they're extremely hard to knock. I thought he went like the best horse in the Moor battle. But the fact is he's up another three and he's priced accordingly. I like Nemean Lion. Um, oh. I think he's the most overpriced in the race. Unlike Anna Benina Tony's selection, I'm not sure he's necessarily an each-way vehicle because he's just not got the wealth of solid handicap form that that Anna Benina and the horses like that have got uh, and Colonel Mustard. But I'll back him win only. I, I like an angle of an unexposed horse that he is. We've mentioned a few times on the pod about the quality of his flat form. He was he didn't win group races, but when he tried one for Godolphin in France, he was a close second in it to a horse that ended up rated in on time form ratings in the mid one teens. Um, well, just a proper horse, missed a long time. That's why I think Kerry Lee got him, probably cheaper than he should have been. She gave him one run at Doncaster on the flat to blow the cobwebs away, and she's had an absolutely great first season with him. And I think that Kelso farm is basically fine. That Premier Novice Hurdle, Colonel Harry, we know a lot about him. And I'm most impressed with this horse's turn of foot and his ability to travel. And hopefully that translates well to a handicap that I think he'll be okay. Fairly well run, Tony. It's not chock full of paces. You've got Highway 102 likely to go. Hopefully, he just blasts off and breaks the race apart. Because there have been a few editions of this race where they turn into the straight, there's a dash, and sort of position counts for a fair bit more than yeah. how, how well handicapped you are. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Okay, well, let's roll on to the three o'clock. Uh, it's the Future Champion Novices Chase. It's the Grade 2 event, and it's over two miles, four and a half furlongs. Some horses with... Um, some sketchy enough profiles in here. You've got Balkal Coastal at the top of the market, seven to four for Nicky Henderson, stepping down in grade, having been up in that grade wrong company of late. But then that's all right. Gino is kind of almost the opposite. Nine to two second best has to step back up on what he did last time. Unexpected party in there for the Dan Skelton team, obviously Bridget Andrews in the saddle and even further down over from Ireland. Tell me something girl for Henry de Bromhead, Rachel Blackmore, Betfair Ambassador coming over that ride at eight to one. Second biggest price currently in the market, TC. Um, mm. This isn't my sort of race. I don't know what your view on it is. And that's why we have you on the show. So take yeah, it away. It's, but it's not my sort of race, this. No, I mean, really bit of novice chases myself. But 
mean, there, there could be an angle into it. I mean, obviously, the, the top two of the market, horses that ran very disappointingly at Cheltenham. So that might be an angle for, for many into the race. But Belco Colston is clearly the one to beat on his on his sand down form behind Jerry Colom. But I can tell you now, grade one company or not, they were they were pretty deflated by that run there. They were expecting a big, big run that even though he was like a double figure price. So he has to bounce back. They think he might do on this better grounds, but you know, seven to four after that run, not for me. Uh that's all right, Gino. I was all over him in the plate and he was, you know, he was really well backed and he just ran no kind of race. And immediately after the race, the trainer said, oh, the soft ground was against him. Well, that's that's just bollocks because obviously his previous second to stage star came on that kind of ground at the track as well. I think they might have had a rethink and thought the first time cheap pieces uh, in the plate might have counted against him because they've taken the headgear off. Um, and if he comes back to his earlier runs behind stage star at Cheltenham, and um, at Kempton, when that's probably the wrong way around for him, I think Datsar Gino is probably the bet in the race at 9-2. to two. I haven't decided whether I'm going to unload on him because, like I said, that was an underwhelming run and you don't want to be too forgiving uh, for bad runs last time out at the end of a long season. But, no, I, I've had a look at the race and if I'm going to have a bet, it will be Datsar Gino at 9-2, to two, Son's headgear. Brilliant. Okay, sticking with that's all right, Gino. Over to you, Dan, for this. Are you looking away from Balco Coastal at the top of the market? Yeah, I mean, uh, if he's back in the zone and he gets into a rhythm around here, he might might just go out in front and and see them all off, you know, because he's a very sound jumper and he's got a lot of pace. But he's a horse who throughout his career hasn't been averse to the odd blowout, has he? It's not always been <laughs> entirely straightforward with him. Thunder Rock's pulling at me, but I, I sort of feel like I'm just chasing him down a blind alley and we're not going to see anything, uh, see any rewards from him. Don't too much money on him or too much money. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's possibly just gone off the boil because I'm sure he's a better horse based on those early season runs than he showed in a couple of subsequent ones. Never travelled the yard at Cheltenham. That wasn't like him. Yeah, possibly. He's not been at his very top of his game anyway. Again, this would be win only, A, because we've got seven runners for one thing, but B, she hasn't got a profile of a horseshoe back each way. But I did think there was maybe some mileage in Tell Me Something Girl because her her winning form against Instit the time before last has taken a boost since that horse won the other day. In fact, she's beaten Instit twice in a row. You look at it and think, well, well, only Brides Hill last time saw her off. Brides Hill's no star, but fairly useful animal. You've got the angle of drying ground, shorter trip, Henry making the effort to come over here when he's had such a good time doing things in the second half of the season after a disaster bringing horses over in, in the first half. And just thinking back to what she was. I mean, she was mm. very promising. She was a dawn run winner, third shaping really well, giving loads of weight away in a in an Irish Group Two, uh, Grade Two mares race the following season. In open company. Now it's been a bit checkered, and her jumping was sort of mocked, <laughs> and understandably early in her chasing career. But I think she's basically been better the last twice, and yeah, she's she's got some pace, she's got some class about her, and she's getting weight off them. 
Okay. Well, on we go then to the Scottish national. That's my. That was my Scottish accent. I think we need to edit that out. It might have been offensive. <laughs> It's offensively bad accent. (laughs) Be bad. Okay, I won't do that again. I'm so sorry. It's time for the Scottish Grand National. Uh, Over the four miles, Monbeg Genius has been backed into favouritism. It's now 7-2 to with Betfair on the sportsbook, courtesy, of course, the correct rambler form and the excellent season that he's had and his connections in staying handicapped chases and the fact he's one of the least exposed horses in the field. He is your 7-2 to market leader now. Kitty's light. He was well fancy for this race. Four to one. Your own story in there for Lucinda Russell and Derek Fox, that team again looking to do the national double at eight. Mal and a girl in there for Gavin Cromwell at tens. Dusart for Nikki Henderson, twelves. Empire Steel, Sandy Thompson at twelves. Those are just your top few in this market. I don't think I've ever, ever even come close to backing the winner of the Scottish National, Dan. Have you? Is it a race you've had good luck in in the past? Mighty Thunders won, I recall. Um... I think a few hard luck stories apart from that. It ever was thus in this game, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the money, I'm sure, Tony will reiterate, I'm sure. It's probably one of the feats of his piece. The cash for Monbeg Genius has been a sustained thing. This yeah. this is a... I mean, oh. he's obviously extremely interesting. Um, novice, looks like he'll stay. The Ultima's red-hot form. I'm of the belief, of course, having put up Oscar Elite, that the Ultima might get a boost not just after the Grand National, but earlier on the card. So, I mean, there's actually scope for him to go a bit shorter still. But I'm just, if he wins at three to one, seven to two, and I've not backed him, I will i won't cry myself to sleep. So I'm going to go a couple of bigger, da- uh, bigger prices and I'll back both each way. Flower of Scotland's one of them. She's had two runs in, she's out of the handicap. She's had two runs in marathon handicaps. She gagged up in the Borders National first run at the trip, and then she ran in the Edinburgh National on Musselburgh's Trials Day. And I was there the entire meeting, and she was possibly the most eye-catching horse in a handicap because she had the stable were basically dead at the time. They couldn't have a winner. Um, and she found herself in a bad position around Musselburgh, too far back, but finished with a rare rattle. And we got a good shot of it on the head-on, I remember, on the, on the broadcast. So she's... She looks like she's been campaigned for this since. I asked Ryan Manier at Kelsey, she'd go for it. And he's, his concern was soft ground. And maybe she's unlikely to get that. But I think as much as anything, she just wants a trip. So she's my first dart. And the second one is another horse from the, the same meeting and indeed from the same race. It's Magnuson. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he's quite interesting anyway. I know it's not Musselburgh here and his best runs have been there. But he had that. Edinburgh National won at every stage of the race. Tank through it. It was his first run for the stable. Seen a few that um, there was a horse, wasn't the last season that had left Sophie Leach that did really well, winning a few handicaps for for that lawyer guy, James Finch, um, off Twitter. And that was Magna Sam's first run for Alistair Ralph. And that looked interesting. He, I was kicking myself in the aftermath for not. Um, trusted him to do it first time back but he did it and he was a convincing winner and I'd be amazed if he hasn't been saved specifically for this race since and he's evidently very well suited to marathon tests so they're the two I like both got proven form over long distances both got form in big field competitive handicaps and they wouldn't be much between them it might be like a 60-40 in terms of preference Flower of Scotland to Magna Sam but not, not a great deal 
Okay, two good chances thrown at the board then by Dan Barber in the Scottish National. Over to you, TC. Do you want to expand on quite how much money there has been on Monbeg Genius this week in the the build-up to the race on Saturday? Oh, in the grand scheme of what's going to be bet on the race, very, very little. Uh, And most markets can be shifted quite a lot. But saying that, Sportsbook are completely ducking him at 7-2, to two, so they must be pretty full up at the moment. So they want to kind of like, you know, just want to just swerve any kind of like money to the day of the race market. So I think that 7-2 to two will, will will drift back out of the sportsbook. So if you want to be patient there or take the fires with the exchange, feel free to do so. I can't be playing at those kind of prices. Um, having tipped up or given the claims for two six-year-olds at air, I'm going to revert to type and I'm going to throw a few quid win only on Mighty Thunder. I expect to be getting 25 to 1 plus win only on the exchange. Uh, Sportsbook playing six places and he's 16 to 1 there. So, you know, if you want the safety net of the places, you know, six places is is obviously very, very good. Two that you should be getting. I always wonder in the old days when all these people used to be betting each way in all these races and Getting getting three places and four places, and now you now you people are sulking if they don't get six or seven. It's a it's a weird one, isn't it? Um, oh. Thunder is is just like I said, he's he's kind of like my normal mo when I come to his handicaps. Handicappers is aging, but and he's three pound out the handicap. He's not in the greatest of nick, but the handicappers dropped him um, a stone for three runs this season, and there was more more life in the old dog at Kelso last time. Uh, even off three pound at the handicap, he's running off an effective mark of 128. Uh, when Dan backed him in this successfully two years ago, he's running off a mark of 144. So he's 16 pound lower. I imagine they've had this target for him all season. Um, Lucinda Russell, uh, obviously, he's in absolutely outstanding form. You know, she's only a whisker away from four winners at Aintree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, um, mighty thunder. Given the negatives, um, I'm backing him with only about... I'll, I'll be looking for 25 to 1 plus on the exchange. He is that in a wider marketplace on the fixed odds uh, fixed odds arena, but I'll be, hap- I'll be happy to back him, like you said, 25 to 1 plus on the exchange. But uh, I won't be going mad because I don't think I've ever backed the winner of this. So I, I, hope yeah, I, I was going to say, I thought all three of us in the end, more I thought about it, we'd put up win, the, win my wings last season. No, oh. Kev was Kev was in Love All Campaign. We don't don't mention Kev's name on this I podcast. I think we might again, have done. Please. Yeah, I think that was his last winning nap, actually, this time last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, TC, let's stick with you and switch to the flat, please. Down to Newbury we go. We kick off with the John Porter. Uh, actually, now the Dubai Duty Free Finest Surprise Stakes registered as the John Porter. Uh, one mile, four furlongs, eight runners currently. And brilliant to see Hurricane Lane back in this. Is currently 8 to 11 at the top of the market. The real class act in this, of course. Irish Derby winner in the past. Had a no sort of season last year for whatever reason. Only a couple of runs. He's the real class act. But then you've got Mojo Star in there, who's the really likeable individual from the Inform Richard Hannon team at 11 to 2. Isra for Jonathan Gosden at 6 is. Max Vega, the older horse in there at 7 to 1. Lone Eagle for the Beckett team now with Frankie the Tory in the saddle at 12 to 1. See how he can get on with his new trainer. Um, fascinating renewal list, but firm at the top of the market is the class act off this long break. Is this just as simple as best horse? In the race wins this for this team. No, no. Oh, terrible lovely. price, eight to eleven, isn't he? 
Um, obviously, he's the best horse in the race on 2021 form, but he blew out in 2022, third in the Hardwick, beat only one home in the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud. So, he's, he's not an 8 to 11 chance, is he? I mean, just go back to 2021 when he was in his pomp. Only beat Lone Eagle by a neck in the Irish derby. Obviously, he saw off Mojo Star by a two and a half lengths in the ledger. But, I mean, that one's progressed since. And he hasn't. I mean, Mojo Star, brilliant run against Kiprios in the, in the Gold Cup. Um, yeah, and obviously, people know by now, my, my take on the MO racing horses, they, they're fit and firing first time up. Uh, so, Mojo, Mojo Star 11 to 2 is, 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 is fully... You know, like I said, I think the eleven to two each way will go. But the, obviously, the problem there is is the dead eight, and if the ground really does worse, and one might come out. But I thought Lone Eagle was was probably the the the, the better bet of the two at twelve to one. I mean, like I said, there was only neck between the favourite and this one in the Irish Derby. He's joined Rafe Beckett. Um, they put the blinkers on. Rafe hasn't got a great strike weight with first time blinkers, but I think you get. Oh good ROI out of it. So I, I think that's a that's probably a positive. And um I think Mark Chan's brought into the horse. Uh and that's why Frankie's on him. So yeah, I mean if 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 Beckett can and I think the Beckett is a trainer upgrade. Um oh. and well I don't mean that's particularly controversial. Um and yeah I just think if Beckett can get him back, I think you know double figure prices about Lone Eagle is is there. I mean he has got soft ground form. I think I remember him winning uh, for, on a, a Goodwood at soft ground for uh, for Mead previously. So yeah, uh, obviously is it we'll soft take, ground? We'll take the piss out of him, but a big fan of Rafe, um, and he's got Max Vega in here as well. But like I said, um, hopefully uh, we'll get another flying dismount from Frankie. Is that what think the price on Hurricane Lane's all about? People's obsession that he's a mudlark and because the ground's soft. Yeah, but you got. I mean, these good old finals. It's like creative force today. I mean, it's, it's smashed up in the market. The first one, you know, it's mm. like you know they do get a, they, they mm. do get their fair share of blowouts at odds on. Well, shall we move on then, uh, TC, to the Fred Darling over the seven furlongs? Because we've got another short price horse, not quite as as short price, obviously, but Bridestone for the. Um, for the Godolphin team, William Buick in the saddle at 11 to 4. And she's just this once race, once winner from the Gosden Yard. But she's, and she's 11 to 4 at the top of the market, but she's taking on Magical Sunset and Olivia Moralda uh, in those ammo racing colours at 5 to 1 apiece. And they've got such contrasting profiles. They've been well tried last year. We saw a good a bit of them both. And they have so much more experience. But Bridestone is 11 to 4. People love the potential over that sort of experienced angle in these sort of races, TC. Yeah, I think the Ammo Racing boys have just won the um, just won the Craven with Indestructible first time out, haven't they? I, I do think that's a good angle because it's obviously an instruction to actually get them revved. Um, right. They've got Magical Sunset in here. That is... Um, obviously, that's first time out. That's got course form. It's got form in the grounds. So that's that's really kind of like my kind of like main way into it. I'm not having a a decent betting there. They've got Queen Marauder in here, uh, the Ammo Racing Boys, but I'm a bit worried about the ground for that one. Um, the Carl Burke horse name escapes me. Let me just have a quick look at the name of it. Um, Swing along, Swing, Swing, Swing along, Swing along. Yeah, I mean that's the form horse, Lauber winner, Sprinter, isn't it? Good fourth in the um, good fourth in the uh, Chevy Park, but as Dan said. 
more of a sprinter. I think Magical Sunset is very, very solid. Whether or not I want to back him, her, no, not really. I thought it was a really tricky race. I thought the two the two form horses that you I normally want to side with had doubts about them on on the on the on the ground and on the uh, the, the trip. Okay, on we go then to the green and where you might have a stronger view on this. We have Chaldean at the top of the market, 8 to 11 for Balding in the Judmont colours. Frankie Dettori back in the saddle after his success on him last season. And he brings in a pretty solid level of form. The chat seems to be very good about this horse and it's all roads leading to the guineas with this being a stepping stone. That's the hype anyway. But he's got to beat Knight, who doesn't have quite have the experience. It's 7 to 1, next best in the market. Isaac Shelby at nines, uh, theory of everything in there at tens. I mean, there's horses that have no doubt plenty of potential, but they don't have the potential and the experience that Chaldean has. And the chat about him seems to be very positive, TC. Yeah, it's all a matter of the state of readiness, isn't it? I mean, you're backing him at eight to 11 first time up in what will be test, well, likely to be very testing ground, but. Um, you know, the, the Guinness is only a couple of weeks, uh, you know, two or three, was it three weeks away? Um, so it, they're not going to be, he's not going to be that underdone. So if you are backing him, you know, that's he true. Will be, yeah, he will be, he will be pretty, pretty straight, but you no, know, the, the ground first time up, um, would probably, you know, deter me. We, we, we obviously on, on weighed in a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were all over the performance of fear of everything and. You know, we mentioned that you know he was quite a uh, quite a cheap purchase at three hundred and twenty five grand, considering considering Frankel out of a QE two winner persuasion. And but yeah, I'm, look, this is a this is a league above. I thought if there was a bet in the race, it might be Charing each way. Second in here on official ratings, will go on the ground, has some course form. Uh, third in the Mill Reef. But like like swing along, I mean, Charon is he going to be a sprinter? Um, these these classic trials really, I, I, I've been suckered in twice this week and I've had my fingers burnt both times. So I'm not going to make the same same mistake here. But maybe Charon each way because, like I said, he's, he he does tick a lot of boxes, but the stamina is a question mark. Okay, well he's currently twelve to one on the sports book. If that is a price. Uh, anyone fancies out there let's move on to the spring cup the handicap which is where we can bring back in dan barber because dan no interest in the group races doesn't like the class angle just wants the handicappers so it's over to you dan for this latham is currently two to one for the haggis marquand axis uh taking on the likes of atrium in there for charlie fellows kieran schumach's been going great guns at the moment saga for jonathan gosden is nine dawn of liberation up there brunch with all the experience for the michael dodds yard at 11s jimmy hendrix got plenty of mention on this show last year on racing only better throughout the season but over to you dan you you've, you've we've only waved you a pass for the group races because you promised us a big prize winner of this yeah, glad Tony filled in there because I found those impossible. Um, <laughs> I think there's a very solid horse here who I'll be backing each way, and it's Brunch. He's fit and firing ah. for the season. He's had one run. His mark's perfectly fair. He was a close second at York last season off the same rating. Reach 106, but edge back down to 104. Ran a first race of the season at Lincoln meeting as usual. For the last two years, it had been in the Lincoln itself. 
this time around they went for that listed race. It was won by Astral Bow of Pam Slyes, who's been a revelation over the last eight to nine months or so. Brunch has got loads of farm in the mud and the evidence of his four seasons racing so far strongly suggests that he will run really well because his second time out record has been a win, an unlucky fourth, a second and a third through his four seasons of racing. So there's a massive hope based on that evidence that he'll be able to perform at least as well as he did in his reappearance and possibly better. And I think if he does that, three horses won't beat him. I started off with Blessing whilst working through this, not just because he's top weight, just because he's a horse I quite like because he's got a very distinctive style, but a testing mile would put me off him, as would Star One. And, I mean, draw's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, Willie Haggis, I say Willie Haggis, he probably doesn't like that, William Haggis, oh, no, uh, train, trainer of Latam. I don't encounter the the well-to-do trainers, though, do I work in jump racing? Um, I think he's my mum's cousin. Have I told you that? I think Shock. I yeah. Absolute shock. <laughs> Absolute shock. <laughs> so something like that. I can't really remember the relationship. I, I, I had Haggis down as a South London Council Estate boy. But yeah. yeah he's, oh well, that's I think so he was. GC. That so you're on the right track. With yeah, you're on the right you, track. You look like you're in a. You look like you're in a hovel there. Anyway, <laughs> do you know what? We need to keep this show going because I'm actually in a stable at Cheltenham Racecourse, about a million miles away from the track, on the Wi-Fi, sat on an upturned bucket to do this. So <laughs> this continue, Dan. Continue, um, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna say... you're going to get after after that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Where Williams Latam is drawn in twelve, and I don't know whether that's a good draw or not. It's one away from the the wide outside. He did look an extremely well handicapped horse when he overcame trouble in running to win an island on his return. But it was quite simple for me. Take the concerns over whether you want to be a winner in over two to one about a potential pattern horse and back a really solid handicapper each way with loads of form in the mud, loads of form second time up for a stable who finally, albeit with the first time out two-year-old, won their first race of 2023 the other day. Lovely brunch it is for Michael Dodds at 11 to 1. Finally then, over to you, TC, for this, the last race we're covering. And take it away. What's your big price selection here? I know it's going to be a big uh, price. So two against the build. Obviously, yep. everyone's worried about Latam. Everyone saw what he did in Ireland. Five pound might not be able to stop him. But if you if you idea of idea of betting is is siding with these horses at two to one in races like this, then then you you crack on. Um I'm going to give Jimi Hendrix another chance. Um, <laughs> apparently, he was being he was working and beating group horses at home prior to the Lincoln. Very well fancied, but he he was just his legs were just spinning. The wheels were spinning on that on that bottomless ground at Doncaster. He actually stuck on, but if you go and have a look at the race, he was this way and that. I mean, it was bum, it was kind of like bumper car stuff without the without the cars. He was like all around the place. So I know it's going to be soft ground, but he has one on soft ground. It won't be as deep as Donny. Dropped him two pounds for that, and on his on his free old form, he's I think he's he's a fair fair price at twelves with the sports book. Uh, four places if you want to back him each way, but I'll be playing win only. And because of the ammo racing angle, because mm. they are literally like I say they must be told get them ready first time up. Numerous examples, whether it's whether it's Alice Haynes, whether it's kind of like you know whoever they're just told, yeah. get them revved. So, yeah, great, Max. Uh, move to Haynes from Michael O'Callaghan. 
Um, if you go back to his juvenile form, Marco ninety nine is, is very good. Uh, one of the one when with Michael Bell, he course form, soft ground form, third in the Chesham. Alice Haynes has already had a couple of winners for the owners this season. I think she's a she's a coming force in the trainers' ranks. I think she knows what she's doing, and I think great match. You, uh, I think you get twenty five to one. I think twenties with a sports book, and like I said, I'll be but I'll be looking to back. Back that one, uh, win only on next show. So, yeah, Jimi Hendrix and Great Max, win only. Okay. That about wraps up the show, guys. Just naps, flat naps. Um, oh, I suppose it can be for anything, actually. It doesn't have to be flat, does it? Um, okay, Dan, give us your nap, please. I was going to try guess, but actually I don't think I'm confident enough to put it out there. I'm also not that confident that William Haggis is my mum's cousin, but I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you um, randomly make up that if it's not true? No, it's <laughs> It's not a made-up fact. You've been working in racing like, for quite a long time. You must know if Haggis is related to you. you no, must... I'm pr- no, he is in some way related to my mum, but I can't remember if it was my mum's first cousin or second cousin. Are you sure you no, no, me? it's not just like a made-up fact. Because I've got a bald head, I'm related to John Gosden. <laughs> no, right. I'm stick that <laughs> out there. It's something along the lines of my mum, my mum's cousin is William Haggis or my mum's second cousin is William Haggis. I can't remember which, nor do I care. I don't think anybody has any realisation that that is the case, including clearly myself or William Haggis. Dan, what is your nap? Well, Haggis is a dish served with neeps and tatties and I'm hoping I don't lose my <laughs> latter of those, uh, given I'm having a fair few bets this weekend. Um, perversely, I'm going to go for... A flat horse, and I think brunch is rock, rock solid. And after last week, when I didn't nap the horse was tipping the Grand National and I nip, napped the unlucky good time Johnny, I'm hoping history doesn't repeat itself. I, possibly, horse, I, I could have possibly gone for the Scottish Nash horse, but I'm picking two in that, and I'm only picking brunch in the mile handicap, the Spring Cup. Okay, well, I love a brunch. Over to you, TC. What is your nap, please? Uh, I am going to go safety first. And I suspect it might be the nine to four might be a thing of the past, but Fred Arms in the opener at air, I think. Okay, fair. Yeah. Unlike me, but short price, but new naps table, hopefully start with a winner. Brilliant. All right. Well, look, thank you very much, boys. I think it's fair to say we haven't missed Kevin Blake one iota. Um, don't forget, viewers and listeners out there, bet 10, get 10, have a £10 bet on racing multiples, have a free. £10 bet on raising multiples, but please do read the show's description. Also, gamble responsibly. Have a great weekend, but do it responsibly. And join us again on Monday, where we'll be back with Wade In to discuss all that is horse racing over the last seven days. Thanks, as always. That was Racing Only Better. <laughs>